Welcome to Courage in Action. We are a sisterhood of women empowering women to be everything we are meant to be. I'm your host, Naluka Kotagara, and it is my privilege to join your life journey as we connect with some extraordinary, triumphant, and beautifully imperfect women through this podcast. Together, we hope to inspire you to take action towards your life goals, one courageous step at a time. I am thrilled to be joined today by Cindy Stradling, the Executive Director of Courage in Action. Welcome, Cindy. Well, thank you, Deluca. I'm delighted to be here. So, Cindy, since this is our first podcast, I was wondering if you could tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and about Courage in Action, the organization. Oh, absolutely. Delighted. Uh, actually, Courage in Action is our, our new name. We originally started as Women Moving Forward eight years ago, and we've been um, running the conference only in Toronto until 2018 um, when two, uh, actually two things happened. Uh, we had to change our name because of trade, a trademark issue, and then we were awarded $50,000 by TD and um, it was super exciting, but what it did was enable us to expand. So this year we're very proud to say we're gonna be doing four conferences, one in Toronto, one in Ottawa, one in Halifax and St. John. And we've set a goal to uh, be a thousand women strong by 2025. And based on you know what I'm ta- talking to different people in different provinces, there is definitely a need for us supporting women in the way that we do. Uh, not just with the conference, but with things like this podcast. We're going to be doing webinars, mentor groups, um, and we don't know where that's going to go from there. But we want to we want to be the hub or the the go to place for women when they need support. That's amazing. And the conferences and events you're talking about, what kind of themes or um, activities can attendees expect when they attend the conferences? Well, they're very interactive. They're um, every, all of our speakers are professional speakers, and most of our keynote speakers are um, very re- renowned. Like this year, we had Samra Zafar, who's uh, written a book called uh, the, "A Good Wife," um, and really, we focus on things like self-esteem. Um, you know, advancing your career, uh, dealing with, you know, inner dialogue. Some of it's on a spiritual end, some of it's on a very uh, professional end. But most important, I think, if I had to say one thing that everybody leaves with, that's hope, that the, that the future could be different. Because there's many examples uh, for the ladies of people, myself included, that I have been where these ladies have been, have been through the, the trials and the tribulations of being a single mom, going through abuse, uh, sexual abuse, physical abuse, um, losing jobs, could be physical ailments, many, many different things that the women are um, going through right now. And the whole idea of the conference started as a way to celebrate our courage, because honestly, as women, we don't. We're really quick to judge ourselves and, you know, look at what we're not doing or what we didn't do or what we missed doing, instead of really looking at the courage it takes to get up every day to put one foot in front of the other without really knowing, you know, how what, what the day is going to look like and how they come through adversity and just to keep going. And honestly, I just think it's a fabulous day. And, you know, some of the women have told us that um, it's one of the best days of their lives. They look forward to it for the whole year. Uh, and for some women, it just even just the courage to get up and come into a conference with women they don't know just helps them grow and, and they experience life differently when they leave. 
That's amazing. And we can tell from your voice and, and everything that you're articulating, you're an incredibly strong woman on your own. And you mentioned that you've been through some struggles in your life. A lot of our listeners probably share a lot of the experiences that you've had. Would you mind telling us a little bit about your journey and what brought you to this point? Yes. Um, well, I grew up without my mom. She left myself and my sister, uh, my two sisters, when I was four. And what I didn't realize as I was getting older um, was I was suffering a lot from abandonment issues and I had very low self-esteem. And while that, you know, a lot of people suffer from that, um, for me what it did was it, it uh, had me leave school. I didn't finish high school. Uh, it had me marry a man that was very abusive to me. Uh, I had two children. And as I started to grow and learn, um, he became more uh, abusive. Um, he felt threatened. I could I could see after the fact. And one day I just said enough, and I left. And I took my two children and uh, raised them. Uh, he disappeared with no support. And basically, I went back to school many times over the years. Uh, took upgrading, took floral design, took an office course. I've taken computer courses, and I. I, I I don't know what else to say other than that, you know, it was like that planted that seed of education and I think that's a game changer for people and that's why this conference is so important and, and offering bursaries because when you have education, when you go through the whole process, as you know, Luca, you're mm -hmm. very well educated, there's a level of confidence that comes from, from achieving different cert certificates or designations and things like that. And that's what I want for the ladies. That's what I want them to experience. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, whether they're a waitress and go to a hairdressing uh, school and, and become a hairdresser. Uh, someone was talking to me the other day and they, they asked me that example. What if someone was a, a waitress and they decided they wanted to go to school? Would, if, would they be able to apply for a bursary? I said, absolutely. If it's taking them on the path that they want, for me, that's what it's all about is to be able to give them the tools because, you know, it's more of a hand up than a handout uh, because it's that whole analogy of, you know, teaching them to fish versus giving them fish. And while we treat them amazing and they have a wonderful, wonderful day, we want them to have the tools to thrive on their own. And I think you hit on something there because um, obviously education and learning every single day is really, really important. I think as women in particular, we always have that sort of hesitation and that little nagging voice in your head that says, you know, maybe you're not good enough to do this or why would you think that you would be able to do that? Um, and I think it takes little steps and little successes in order to build some momentum and then you really start to go. So in your life, was there a moment or was there um, a thought that really triggered you to take that first really courageous step? And it could be very small, but it's the one that takes the most courage and the one that makes the most difference. Do you remember what that was for you? Yes, my sister treated me to a Jack Canfield conference. <laughs> many, many years even before uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul. And mm -hmm. I remember leaving there thinking things could be different. Um, we bought the tapes. They were cassette tapes. <laughs> myself. And, um, you know, we both laugh now because there's three things that we've never forgotten. It's inch by inch, success is a cinch. Mm -hmm. If it is to be, it's up to me. 
and the universe rewards action. And those are the three things that stuck with us over there. And this is going back like in the 70s um, when we took this. But it, I actually got to see that we got, we couldn't necessarily always choose what happened to us, but we could totally choose how we were going to deal with it and how we would engage in life. And it's, that was a seed that was planted for me, and it's, I've stepped, continued to fertilize it and keep it growing ever since then. What, what encourages you to keep paying it forward like that? Like you've started this whole organization, you're doing all these wonderful things, and what motivates you to keep, to keep doing that? You haven't been to the conference, but when you go, you'll see what I'm talking about. To see these women lit up, like lit up for the first time, and some of them for the first time in their life, that they've actually seen examples of women that have come through difficult circumstances, that have gone forward and made a success out of their lives. And for some reason, organically, we attract those kind of speakers. People will come and they'll come, people that I would never in a million years would have thought come up to me and they say, yeah, that happened to me. I was sexually abused when I was a child or I was bullied when I was in school. And it isn't something that people normally talk about. But we create such a safe space for everybody there. There's no social media. Everybody's by invitation. They come through agencies. They're the right people in the room. And we put them. They open up. They just, they see firsthand that they can do it too. So they leave with hope. I completely agree with you. I mean, one of the biggest things uh, that's helped me in my life is is finding people with common challenges and common feelings and having the ability to talk about that, I think is incredible. Yeah. Um, has there been a, an individual or a person that has really allowed you to do that or really made an incredible difference in your life? Yeah, I've been very fortunate. I've attracted so many amazing people. Um, you know, they always talk about if you're on your path, you'll attract people that will amaze you and they'll do things that will be just the fact that you and I are talking is a, a perfect example. But I remember when I first went back to school, um, there was a teacher, Elena, Eileen Atkinson, and that was at Centennial and I was taking upgrading because I had to get my grade 12 to be able to take this office information course that I was going to take. And I was working two jobs as well as raising my boys and going to school and learning. And it was, it was challenging. I won't, I won't deny that. And sleep was <laughs> not something I did a lot of at the time. And I remember there was a couple of times I commanded. I just, I said, I can't do it anymore. I'm just so tired. I just, I can't, I just can't. And she'd sit me down and she'd say, you're tired now, but you're going to have a long time to rest afterwards. I remember her saying that. She said, I think of all the people that's been through my classes, you're the one that can make it. No, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Cindy, whatever you need for me to do to help you, I will be there. She actually helped me get an OSAP grant for the second course that I was taking, which yeah. I didn't even know existed. But it was that feeling that... She saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And I think that's the greatest gift that anybody could give to anybody. And I was actually chosen valedictorian for our upgrading class. And it was like, wow, like nobody, uh -huh. it, it was all little baby steps. Like that to someone else might not be a big deal, but for me, it was a really big deal. I think those baby steps and that connection with other women is really important. Uh, what advice would you give to women to, to find those people? Because you shouldn't, um, you don't need to share your deepest, darkest feelings with everybody. How do you find those key women that really um, understand you and will 
be supportive and be there for you no matter what you say or do. Well, I think it's, it's a, you know, looking for um, groups that will, that have a commonality. Um, but again, it's taking the time to get to know people first, asking questions. And I just wouldn't open up with, I mean, my book is, I wrote, I wrote a book a number of years ago. My, my history is pretty much an open book now, but um, I think the most important thing is, I think we attract at a very organic level, people that are like us um, and we put out there. So it's, I always say, give what you want to get. Mm. So if you want to have more friends, then you be a friend to other people. Maybe not even the people that you're going to ultimately be friends with. I remember when I first left my husband, my second husband, years later, I was very lonely. First time in my life I'd been alone. All my friends were married. Um, and I remember thinking, oh, I wonder who'd be lonelier than me. And I thought people in, in seniors' homes. So that's what I did. I applied and I was a one-on-one. I used to be one-on-one business for three people at Leisure World. And all of a sudden one day I was like, I don't even feel lonely anymore. Because I, I stopped focusing on what was missing for me and what I could give to other people. And the rest just organically started to happen. So I think that's what the most important thing is. And don't believe everything you tell yourself. Because uh, <laughs> we don't often say nice things to ourselves and, uh, you know, be a really good friend to yourself and nurture yourself the same way your best friend. I think that's the one thing I've learned is, is to, to give myself some slack or cut myself some slack sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I think people talk uh, often about uh, speaking to yourself as you would uh, one of your best friends. Would you yeah. ever say that to one of your best friends? But sometimes it gets difficult. And I remember feeling um, when my ex and I had broken up, I remember feeling like that was something that I had known for so long that it would be comfortable. Nothing in me ever wanted to truly go back, but it was a really comfortable space and actually scarier to be out of it. So for you, how did you reach that point where um, it was better to go into the unknown than to stay with what was comfortable? Well, for, for my, with the children, he was very abusive and he mm. started drinking very, very heavily that I have to get neighbors to um, help me put him to bed and wake him up in the morning. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't let me work. He didn't want me to work. That was one of my biggest complaints. And physically he used to, I don't want to say the word date, but he slapped me around and, you know, he would um, be really neat, say mean things to me that nobody else would ever want me, that I was stupid, like all those kind of degrading things. And um, it was just, the, I, I can't even tell you what it was. It was one night I was standing at the sink and I was like, I'm done. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. I stayed with my girlfriend and slept on a chaise lounge mattress for about a year and a half. So we got a, I got a full-time job and went back to school and all that kind of stuff. But that was freedom to me. That was like there was a, a level of peace. I was scared, believe me. <laughs> you know, I had two boys to look after. and, and uh, But I think that's the story that I hear from a lot of the women is they reach like this threshold that basically enough is enough. And uh, they move forward, as, even though it's scary. In fact, there's been a few of them that um, have contacted me or our friends have contacted me. You know, we've helped get them into shelters and stuff like that, help them set them up so they can leave it with a, a certain amount of safety um, because you, the last thing in the world you want is someone who's very, very violent mm -hmm. um, to know that you're going to leave. My ex-husband knew I was going to leave, but he didn't think I'd make it. So 
he was like, go on, get out of here. You'll never make it on your own anyway. So <laughs> make my life easier. <laughs> Proved him wrong also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that we've been talking about, um, not always listening to your self-talk and there's a difference between your self-talk versus that inner voice. Cause I remember very clearly that inner voice telling me when I was done and trying to, um, the little whispers, I think Oprah says you'll hear whispers from life and then eventually it gets louder and louder. So how would you distinguish between the difference between that self-talk and that inner voice that you should always listen to? It's a feeling. It's, it's not even a voice as much. In my, in my, my experience, it's been intuitively we know um, it's time. It's mm-hmm. like you can talk, because you, you are not your little voice, right? It's, it's, it's something separate from you. And I think the thing for me was just in, it was a feeling. I can't even explain it other than that it was like an insight, if you will, where I really knew I had to go. Like there was no other choice for me, and it, it wasn't even words per se. To me, it was more of a feeling. And after you'd listened to that feeling and that that moment when you decided and you'd made the move, you talked about freedom. Can you tell us a little bit about how great that freedom felt? Well, just because I didn't have to worry about him coming in and slapping me, I didn't have to worry about him yelling at me anymore. I could make my own choices. It was hard work because I was, you know, had to work two jobs sometimes because I didn't have a great education. I had no um, social life, shall we say, no extra money for anything. But there was a level of, of I always jokingly say, I put on my big girl pants. <laughs> And that's basically what I did. I was like, I got my big girl pants on now and, and look at world here I come kind of thing. Absolutely. And, yeah. And then each time you accomplished something or each time, you know, you went to school and you finished it, you graduated, you're valedictorian, every little accomplishment or big accomplishment, can you describe how that kind of um, snowballs into uh, a momentum? I was no longer afraid to apply for courses. I was no longer afraid to go to school. I was no longer afraid to go to workshops. And because and, in my head, because I only had grade eight education, I wasn't, I would never be able to work in corporate. I would never be able to, I would always be with these, you know, lowlier sort of manual labor kind of jobs and that. And over time, it was, I mean, I, I remember doing sales training for CIBC all across uh, Canada um, a couple of years, about four or five years ago. And I remember thinking one day when I was getting on the elevator, I remember thinking, wow, that feeling of not being able to work in uh, corporate is so far behind me. But it just, it's a slow process. It wasn't like one day I woke up and I was like, oh, I'm really smart or I'm whatever. I just work really hard. Mm -hmm. I just, I just, that's about, to me, that's what it is. and there's a, I got a passion for helping women, like just to see the women, like the hug that they give to me and they are so grateful. Um, it just, to me, that's what life is all about. It's not about our sort of petty little things or whatever, but I also believe sometimes those things happen to us to make us stronger, to build grit and resilience and so that we can you know, go out there and make a difference for other people. Had those things not happened to me, uh, I wouldn't be probably doing half the things I'm doing right now. Absolutely. I think it's really important for all of our listeners to understand that, that when life is going crazy and all these difficult things are happening, it's actually just making you stronger and more prepared for what's 
coming next and all the wonderful things that are waiting for you. Um, in terms of everyday life, I think we have to live in the moment and in the present. So each and every day or in every moment, kind of what keeps you motivated and keeps you excited about life? I, I'm a meditator. I started in 10, about 13 years ago. I started doing silent meditation. Um, uh, I don't want to say retreat because it's a course. Um, and when I, I meditate every morning and I think it's self-care, having some rituals and some discipline that affects your mind, your brain, to keep you healthy. Because um, the days I don't do it, I get tired easy, I'm irritable. But I would say 85 to 90% of the time, I do my meditation, my workout, I read um, before I get up really early in the morning. So I think having what, and it, I'm not saying that would be for everybody, but have those rituals that work for you. And I read recently where it said something about even just making your bed in the morning first thing. Mm-hmm. I've heard that um, too. Can really set you up for a really a more successful day. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, a routine in the morning that allows you to uh, have your mind organized almost for your day. But I think meditation is a great analogy for taking the little steps that you need to, because when you first start meditating, you have to do it for a really short time and your mind can only concentrate for a really, really short time, maybe a minute, maybe two minutes. And then it starts to build. And I think that's um, very indicative of the steps that you have to take in life in order to be courageous and, and accomplished like you are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, is there any sort of final thoughts or any key learnings that you'd want to pass along to all of our listeners as we begin this series and this podcast adventure together? You know, one of the things that um, I always say is be all in mm. and you know, being 100% into whatever you're doing. Even if you start out and sort of, mm, not really, just be, because how you do anything is how you do everything. And if you're going to give it all you've got in everything that you do, life will just be different for you. Instead of being resentful or, you know, there are things we have to do all the time, whether we like them or not. But if you take an attitude of being all in and doing your very best, I believe it'll show you'll, it'll show up differently. I, I, I truly, truly believe that. I absolutely love that. How you do anything is how you do everything. And I have to thank you, Cindy, for doing this podcast with us um, and doing it brilliantly. This is our very first one. So we wanted to introduce the concept of courage and action and what we're about. Um, and I hope that you have enjoyed it as much as I have. Great. Thank you so much, Luca. Thank you, Cindy. 